then we'll chat. All right. Well, hello, Mention everybody. The... <laughs> okay, I guess we're starting over. <laughs> hello, everybody. Welcome to Tucana <laughs> Coffee Club. And this week's topic is living in the end. So Michelle's going to kick it off with a great Neville Goddard quote to start us off. Take it away. Hi, guys. Um, okay, so we're going to just get stuck straight in. Um, if you will assume your desire and live there as though it were true, no power on earth can stop it from being fact. Um, when we're talking about manifesting and living in the end, a lot of people assume that that point is your what your wish is. So say, I wish to be rich. They, th what they've got to do is get past the, the actual wish itself in order to live there. Because from the quote, Neville's telling you, that you've got to live there. So you've got to get beyond the wish as if it had already happened. Yes. And I right. think what gets people stuck is they're thinking of the end. Yeah. And not from the not end. From the, yeah. From like after it's, it's happened. You, you know, yeah. that's it's let me say exactly right because because it, someone who's new in one of our facebook neville communities mm. we were we were messaging one evening and she said something like oh i have to get to the end like that's a goal and i said no no the end is where you begin yeah that's and right. go from there and go from there and i think so if she said it and and you know, she's been on the, the spiritual path, as they say, for a little while. And, you know, it, so I believe that this is probably a common misconception or mistake that people make. And then they think, okay, I've, you know, gone through all the, this, this tough stuff to get somehow push things out of my way, get to this end and just plonk myself there and that, and ta-da, but that's, and then they wonder why they're still having problems, not why the manifestation isn't, <laughs> what they want to manifest is not manifesting because they've only taken it, they haven't felt that they really are moving from that point, that everything in their life is, that that happened and they're going from there or using their senses, they're using their thoughts and their thoughts and emotions and actions that all come from living in the end. So this is a very, very major distinction that you're both pointing out that more people that we want our audience to become very clear about. Yeah. So, yes. yeah, you know. When and, you said yeah. about your friend, she, where if she's always getting to the end that's exactly what she's going to always manifest that she's always getting there but she's never ever there 
yes, that's it. You should come up. And when, when she says, she's, you're never ever there. And, and that's exactly right. So, so, you know, you think, uh, you know, because we're so used to the idea of, um, you know, the stories where it says the end and we think, okay, then and they were finishes. happy and it happy finishes. It's yeah. fini, the end, whatever. And, and off they rode into the sunset or whatever it is, but it's, it's, it's to, in, in our minds, we, we shut it off at that point. It's like, it's a finite close period, end of sentence kind of thing, mm. as opposed to no, it's the capital letter, keep going. Your sentence is just getting, that you're writing here. You're just starting this keep it moving, you know, and then, and that's where the, that's where the change comes. And I also saw a quote that I think 2020 posted a Neville comment, uh, you know, that if the state, something's not, how long does it take something to manifest? It just takes the amount of time that it takes to shift from one state to another. Yes. Where it's Cause, and, and this is what, this is what people need to understand when they're learning this is the entire reason you are wanting to live in the end of having the thing is because you're wanting the feeling the thing gives you, right? Like that's why you desire that. I want to feel that. Well, that's the whole thing is feel that now live in the end of that now. And that fulfills you in that way. And then you see it and then it, you know, whatever timeline, which I told you guys yesterday, I'm getting to where like within 24 hours, there is massive change, like drastic from night to day. And it's getting like, when we talk about speed, time, you know, timelines and actual time is, you know, it comes into play, but it doesn't because as soon as I just step in the state and, 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 know that I'm the operant power and I'm living in the end of this anyway, so I can feel it now. The next day I wake up and the thing is there or the changed behavior in a person is there. Like it's so fast. And that's if you can just get with that. And I wrote my blog the other day and I, I brought up ice cream. I freaking love ice cream. But like, if you realize that you've been doing this your whole life, you've been living in the end, you know, of other things. So like, you don't realize when you're sitting on the couch and you're thinking, oh, I really want ice cream in that split second, you're imagining enjoying ice cream. Are you not? Yeah. So then you get your ass up and either go driving it ice cream or you go to your freezer or whatever. Like, did you not realize that in that split second, you felt the feeling of eating ice cream and enjoying it, which is what drove you to go get it. It's so simple. It's, it's like, we do it all the day, like for dinner, you want steak for dinner to live in the end. You already imagine how fulfilled you feel from eating the steak. So the middles are you, like you said about going to get the ice cream, the middles are you, you're going to your butcher, you're going to the supermarket to, to buy the steak. That's the middle. The 
end is that in your imagination, in order for you to desire the steak, you've already imagined the yum, how it tastes. So, and it and it's so quick that we consciously are manifesting all the time. Yes. And and yet so many people don't realize how to utilize it and do it. Yeah. It, it, it's all the time. And well that well that's right, because people don't realize they're manifesting. And that's that's the thing, you know, that's the ignorance. It's not an it's not an ignorance of like, are oh, you stupid? It's right. an ignorance of just lack of awareness. So when we yeah. start to understand that God is our awareness of being and that everything is what we what we're that we're manifesting, the good, the bad, the indifferent all the time. Um you know, we can't, it's very hard for some people, I think, to believe that the power, like somebody was posting today about manifesting, being cured from an incurable disease, but all of that is, it's latent, it's in you to be able to do that. It's an, it's an, it, it's a power that you have in you to be able to do these things that, are mystifying you know that's that's yeah. why they write books about people who recover from these you know these they were um dr wild years ago wrote a book called spontaneous healing and where nobody can figure out how how somebody goes to bed riddled with some disease and then they wake up and it's gone yeah so you know which which happens but it would happen more often if people would understand that they actually can bring that about so it's very it's very um you know people because the idea because there are so many in, in society things that are designed to make you feel you are beneath them and you have to start from that understanding mm. it's there's, there's all these authorities that we have in various agencies or aspects of society and i'm talking very big generalizations but i think everyone can fill that in uh, in their own way you know i mean initially of course we know that our you know we have our parents and that's understanding that's understandable but as we grow up and we move out into the world we see these other things that take on that kind of form and we've done that all through time which is why people you know why they go to the oracle or why they look up at the deity or why they look at the um the the king the queen the the lord of the territory or whoever it is you know with, with fear and and um you know uh that something's going to come down from the sky and and uh and destroy your village because you did something bad. So this this is this is ingrained in us not to recognize that we, you know, to be kind of kept apart from what we actually possess. And is it not the same authority that keeps you from things that you want to do? So like if we make it yeah. a you know, parenting, right? So like I know for myself growing up, I had big dreams you know, I was told to be realistic about things, um, you know, and I viewed the authority as my parents being the end all be all of yeah. what I do. Yeah. I joined the military. I don't even have to go into that, but you can only imagine 
it was even more so that way. And now I'm finding people, people do that with their spiritual teachers even. And, uh, you know, the spiritual community that I was a part of, <laughs> that was a mm-hmm. huge thing. It, it was worship me, worship me. I am your authority. I give you permission. And it's like, actually, you're just a freaking dude, but okay. You know, and like people would just flock and listen and let him be the authority of their lives. And like, no wonder that when you think, okay, I want to live in the end of this, you have this guilt of like, can I even do that? And I'm saying just in desires that you feel are bigger than you, right? That you can feel like people, especially authority, authority uh, has some sort of say in that. Mm -hmm. Well, you see, here's, there was a wonderful, there's a, well, a very well-known in his time. He's still known. Uh, he, He was a Tibetan it's called a Rinpoche, so it's like a guru kind or teacher or highly ranked spiritual figure. And different, you know, like the different countries have different ones. And in the East, and and in one of his books, his name his name was Chogyam Trungpa, and it was very interesting. He was Chogyam Trungpa Rinpoche, and. he well it's a long story short he died of I think alcoholism but he'd been in a terrible auto accident a lot of stuff happened with him but he had um you know there was a lot of things in his personal life that would have looked more like you know do as I say not as I do kind of thing yes but he was very highly regarded and he was very brilliant I will tell you that if you read his writing but one of the things he says um he says the guru, you know, which is like the, the well, meaning theoret- technically the word guru can in different cultures can basically mean a realized, a highly realized God, you know, they know they're the divine. So you're relating both to their human side, which can feel very like uh, contradictory you know, the actions that they do compared to what they know on a very high level, very advanced level. And so they could, because they can get a lot of people, you know, you get in front of them and you might be very nervous. You might feel like they're your buddy, but they'll respond to you kind of in relation. They understand how to get you where you are. And, and what, what uh, Chogyam Trungpa Rinpoche said in his book and the line has always stood out for me. And he said, the guru gives back to you what is already yours. yours. Yep. Yeah. And think and about parenting too. That literally falls into that. Yeah, it falls right into that. So child is already a need that they have fulfilled. I just fill that role for them. You know. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So it's all, it's already yours. So it's, it's, you know, but, but a lot of people, it takes them a very long time to understand it. Some people get it and some people, you know, run away from it. They don't, they're scared of having that, knowing they have that much power or they don't think they're worthy of having that much power. Um, And what is the power, you know, so, so everybody relates to it in a very different way. 
And, and if you go, you know, people who live in that state, if you go to some of the spiritual uh, retreat places and ashram places, the Westerners, I'm gonna talk in terms of the Westerners who were there, you know, sometimes the ones who are like the right-hand person, you know, you see the ones who are very close to the spiritual figure, the spiritual leader, but, you know, physically, but they may or may not be as even as enlightened as somebody cleaning the dormitory on the far end of the ashram who's just always kind of by themselves and very quiet. So you see this range of people and you go to a place like this, it can be very intimidating, but everybody's just as lost and confused as you. I mean, you don't worry about it. But, but, in, the, but in the end, in the end, when you start to understand imagination and you start to understand how imagining creates all this and the experiences that you believe you are having, it's a whole different light when you see it in those terms of what Neville Goddard teaches us about it. Yeah, Very different. Yeah. I am. Um, I remember um, reading a book by um, Anita Morjani. Mm -hmm. I pronounced that right. Um, mm -hmm. And it was called um, "Dying to Be Me," and it was forwarded by Wayne Dyer. And um, in it, she had cancer. She um, for four years. She was she was dying, um, and she went into hospital, um, and everybody gave her absolutely zero chance of leaving that hospital. Mm. And during um, her time of un where she wasn't conscious, she said that she expanded and she could hear all of what the doctors said. She could hear what her husband was saying. And she was thinking, hey, no, I'm here. And when she actually came back, she healed herself. And the doctors afterwards kept her in, although she was fully healed. There was absolutely zero cancer in her body after, after one to two weeks. It had gone. She, she swore she was healed, knew she was better. And yet the doctors kept her there because their state was medically, it was not possible. She must still be ill. The cancer must still be there somewhere. Yeah. And they, they wouldn't let her go home for weeks. Anyway, mm. when she returned to life, she, um, she, her connectedness and her awareness of God and of her being the operant power totally changed her life she never bothered going to work she w woke up and decided I'm going to go and see the sunrise I'm going to go and see the sunset I want to go and see this I want to because she realized how much bigger she was than anything that had already been in the life previous to her dying yeah and and, and this was her new life and um it, it was totally about she said that it, it wasn't about being closer to God it was knowing that God was within and that God was just love and how connected she felt to everything yeah and beautiful, it's that, beautiful and, and, and it's that when you actually get to the point of knowing having that knowingness of the end that there is no fear there's nothing to fear Yep. absolutely no fear and she now lives the life that she desired but it took her <laughs> that life-changing miracle 
of coming to know herself. You know, that actually, you've probably read a number of stories like that about people who had some kind of near-death experience or seemingly incurable disease, came back, and they realized there was nothing to fear, and it was very radical change. Oh, yeah. So we, we also tend to think it takes a very drastic yes. experience. <laughs> See, this is the also another misconception, even though they it's a very radical and an important point that they're making because they they served they came back they saw what was what where you know the what the state is how to live they use that death experience to really live and mm. what they're the state they're living from but again it's it's it takes it all the way out so, you know, so on the one hand, you have the, the spiritual and the guru, and on the other hand, you have the people like, like who've been through the, like Mike Brignac, he was in a wheelchair. Yeah. Uh, I think he had a very yeah. bad brain injury, and I would love one day that he will come on with us. I have not, I have to talk to him about that in the near future, but, um, you know, but he, he, that's the, that's where he comes from, that he was able to, yeah. after seven years, he got up and he was out of the wheelchair and he was fine. And um, uh, in any case, we need to understand it, it, it doesn't always depend on anything that extreme sure, It or doesn't radical. have to be that at all, does it? I mean, no. we at all. Um, Neville was living proof of that because him and his family, like Victor, Victor, his brother, they who manifested the massive family business, for example. Yes. Um, if you go to Neville's lecture, Living in the End, they were very much the operant power and nothing drastic as them having a near-death experience right. created that life for them. It's right, just well, that they really knew what they wanted, and in order to do it, they just remained faithful in the assumption that it had already been fulfilled, and that's all you have to do. Well, that's right. It, it, it's it's so effortless and so simple. This is this is the, see we we're used to things. <laughs> most people are used to things it's being hard. Hard hard up the That's hill the you know it's pushing jello up the hill it's you know the struggle and the difficulty so we think it takes a lot <laughs> of blood sweat and tears to be able to do that and and we and we don't realize that it is really that simple so we tend not to trust that you know we, we think anything yeah. like that is a little bit of snake oil and not that neville himself did not have some of these very amazing spiritual experiences you've read or if anyone oh sorry anyone in the audience uh reads yeah they're kind that, of wild. you know right. he had yeah but but they're but they do happen and and they were very powerful experiences that he either imaginally or that they were given to him to have from the unseen reality but they happen and um but not everybody is going to have that kind of experience and it is that simple but you see what's happened is that so many things that are promoted to us and advertised to us and social media to mediaized <laughs> to us we have tended you know we almost automatically don't quite trust it and and we're we're a little bit 
I think the, that human nature tends to be a little bit suspicious of things that are easy, but we don't realize that it is that easy because they've all been telling us this. It is that easy. It is that simple. Also, there's a sense of mistrust because we are, as humans, influenced by other people's beliefs and other people's opinions. And um, when um, Neville says about even though it's denied by your senses, even though it's denied by any reason, meaning if somebody says to you that can't happen, you can't have that because if you remain faithful in the assumption that you already have it, then it doesn't matter what anybody says, what anybody does, what other actions or outward influences it is. So long as you're living in your end, and you persist in it, then there is no reason for it not to actually come true. Yeah, yeah. that, and, and it will. Like, that's the thing you need to understand, not you, but like in general. Just got to it know. Will. Yeah. It yeah. will. And just yesterday I had a friend text me something that she wants. And she's like, do you think I can have this? Because such and such reason and such and such reason. I, I was like, well, yeah, like, <laughs> you know, and I sent her, I sent her a long quote, you know, regarding just um, doing stats and just being in that place and living in the end. Mm -hmm. And it's like, I realized that we do ask that, like, I even asked that maybe not like in the way of like, Hey, Valerie, can I actually have this? But it's <laughs> we question hey, ourselves. Here's the scenario. And this is my desire. You're basically asking the same thing. But it also shows you that you're thinking of the end. And I'm you obviously feel like living in the end. It's right. as if you feel like you're asking the impossible. How could I possibly have this? Yes. And why that's, the hell not? <laughs> right. Be, right. Because because we we're not in the, we don't quite feel somehow worthy, deserving. Yeah. Yeah, desire. You know that uh, that is wrong to have a desire of a certain kind. Oh, the wrong, we the wrong. Yes. We put the categories on it, and uh, or that that uh, culture or society is telling us it's taboo. It's wrong. Yes. You shouldn't. Um, you should feel guilty about it. Um, you know, whatever it is. Or what, the, what would or people think? Oh my gosh, what would your mom? What would your your grandpa would roll over in his grave? Whoa, uh, yeah. all those things, and you're like, damn! Like all I want is a brand new car. Like I didn't realize it was yeah. that serious. But <laughs> all well, people what, yeah. at home have got to do is that what they've got to do is just actually explore. Okay, so I want that. I don't feel it's possible, but if I can go delve into that and explore it a bit and just see what it would feel like to have that or to be that or to do that if you can experience it in your imagination and feel it then there's no reason why you can't feel and experience it in your physical life either so everybody at home has just got to be prepared to not shut off oh god I'm never gonna get that actually go and explore the down the avenue of well why can't I? What would it feel like if I could? Well, that that's Make right. It possible. 
Yes, exactly. What would it feel like if I could? So, you know, and, and the other thing is we have to take a look. Um, you know, people really also want to take a look at whether they're really in touch with their senses, because the senses or the gates, as Neville called them, are very important in SATs. Now, it's, uh, it's not like SATs like the scholastic aptitude test or, stat, or stats like statistics. It's, it's the state akin to sleep is when we, we call it uh, SATs. And it's, it's not meditation, but it's just getting relaxed. It's for the benefit of those in our audience who may not be familiar with, with the process. But it's, it's the way Neville does it, the way 2020, our mentor does it, and the way we do it. And it's just getting relaxed and, and just knowing what your desire is letting it come to you if you aren't crystallized around it when you start that you're not you know if you're not quite sure but getting to really know what it is and then having a scene where that implies that that is fulfilled and going from that so you're assuming the state that's what your your book was to, dare to was uh, that's your next book of course dare, dare to, to dare to imagine. imagine my next book is going to be dare to assume <laughs> but yeah. dare to imagine is where you talk about getting into this and imagining what it is that's that right. you that you want and 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 what in a very kind of neat little tied up way would would imply. And that's another area where people get tripped up. They think it has to be complicated, highly detailed. Yes, right? the detail. And <laughs> yeah. You know, well, really we've got simple. just, we've only got a couple of minutes left. Um, my suggestion for the audience is if that you um, are looking um, to live in the end of a state of wealth, for example, then you should join us comma, to Comma Coffee Club at the Neville Summit. Um, go to nevillesummit.com. We're going to pop a link in, in the description for you guys. Um, there is tickets for about 25 bucks for the entire th three-day Neville Summit. There is yeah, going Neville to be Goddard so Summit. many. Yeah. So mm -hmm. many manifesting teachers that are going to be joining us, um, including 2020. We've got Tony Doyle. We've got David um, Breslow, who was a guest. Anya, who's been a guest. We're going to try and get some other people on our show that are going to come up in the Neville Summit. But do please go get your tickets now. Um, because there is very, very, very limited availability. Yes. Absolutely. So we will post the link with this uh, episode and you'll be able to get all the details and go right into the, the site is called, you'll see it says nevillegoddardsummit.com, I think is the most recent name change to it that we're staying with. Yeah. So that's exactly what it is. Uh, Michelle just explained it perfectly. So um, we want to see you there joining us uh, for our we classes did. and for the whole weekend of amazing presenters that you're going to get all the essentials of what Neville taught a fantastic uh, introduction uh, to Neville's, to what Neville was about. Mm. All right, guys. Well, till next time. Bye. 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 Bye.